Blog Talk Radio. Fantastic show for you today. It's going to be a great night. Just in case you want to go ahead and jump into the action, the call in number is 516 418 5572. Again, that's 516 418 5572. And I want to go ahead and let you know we have the one and only Sam Scola joining us from Maine. He's going to be our special guest today. And on top of that, we're going to go ahead and have a fantastic show for you, a lot to discuss. But I want to go ahead and first and foremost thank our fantastic sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So thank you so much, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, for being a fantastic sponsor. Definitely pick up a four-pack of his great sauce. Got honey mustard, barbecue, fusion, and heat wave. You let us know which one you think is the best. You can pick up any one of the four at flbbqsauce.com. Again, that's flbbqsauce.com. In fact, we're going to bring Sam Scola on a moment. You just heard the intro song by Sam Scola, but we're going to do something even special. We're going to go ahead and play another song right off the bat by Sam Scola. It's called Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Song. Sang by none other than the man you're going to hear from real soon, Sam Scola from Maine. Really appreciate Sam Scola and his fantastic wife, Mary. Let me go ahead and play Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. Comes in for variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Natural flavor, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Florida. 
from Song Trader puts it out, it will be on Spotify, 18 new songs, and YouTube. So I just wanted to do a little plug for myself on that. So I'll let you talk now. I've been talking too much. No, that's awesome. We appreciate you. And definitely, that's a fantastic show you got coming up on Sunday, August the 13th. And wow, that's that's amazing. And you mentioned the Beatles. What was it about the Beatles that gravitated to you so much? The Beatles, well, a lot of musicians, I can go on and on about different musicians, Tom Petty, I don't know, you know, John Fogarty, all kinds of musicians. They picked up a guitar when they heard the Beatles, you know. I, same thing happened to me. I, I, when I first heard them, I didn't get into it right away, but they inspired me to write songs. I, I just, their melodies were so good. They're iconic to me. I even, I, I still go, last summer I went on a trip to England, to London, me and Mary went. It was a Beatles store, and it was, it was, it was incredible. We went to John and Paul's house, and I know that everything about the Beatles basically inspired me, you know, to, to write songs. It, it was their, it was their styling, their melodies, their lyrics, you know, a lot of things. But mostly the guitar. That, that's what did it for me. I started playing guitar, and I haven't stopped. You know, I, I'm not a great guitar player, but I'm good enough. You know, as people say, he's good. I'm a great rhythm guitarist. I can play leads, and you know, I play some keyboards. So anyway. Uh, the Beatles, to me, were what did it, if I had to, you know, give you my uh, lock on things, you know, as far as songwriting. Yeah, and it sounded like you really a big fan, went to London and got a chance to yeah. go by the house, and that's fantastic, and yep. it's just it's just amazing. Yep. How how often do you write songs? Is it once a week? Do you have a goal, or you just let it flow? I, um... I, I try to practice my guitar every day, no matter what, like exercises or, or all the songs. I, I write songs, I'd say a couple songs a week, uh, maybe three songs a week sometimes. It's just whenever I get an idea, I'll just go from there. You know, it could be about anything. I mean, I could write a, a novelty song about food, <laughs> which I have a lot of, um, I could write about, horror songs. I love writing instrumentals, too, you know. If I get stuck on lyrics, I'll do an instrumental song, you know, on the keyboards or on my guitar. Anyway, um, yeah, um, I, I'd say about two songs a week. I, I call it my creations, you know. I, I sometimes start with the music. Sometimes I start with the lyrics. I just start with a song title. Something pops in my head. I'll be asleep at night, Alan. And I'll get up in the middle of the night with an idea, and I'll go down to my music room and start writing songs. Mary says, where did you go? And I says, I've been going for two hours downstairs writing a song in the middle of the night, you know? So wow. I, it, it could come anytime. It could come anytime. <laughs> Sometimes we're on a trip somewhere, there's all a piece of paper in my hand, I write down a title or something, you know? And I write a lot of religious songs, so I, I, I can tell you more. Um, different styles I write. I write um, soft rock, rock pop, Christian, novelty, new country, sports songs, of course, blues, and some rap, you know. But I, I just I just like to have fun. It's fun for me to write. If the, When the fun stops, that might be the day I stop. But the fun just doesn't seem to stop, you know. And I just enjoy it. As long as, it, as, long as I enjoy it, I'm going to keep doing it, you know. 
like anything. So yeah, that's right. Keep on doing it. That sounds like you're having a, a lot of fun. Is the goal also, you know, hopefully somebody hears one of these songs and signs you to a record deal. Is that, is that a goal that you have in mind? My, my goal, I think mostly is to get one of my instrumental songs in a movie soundtrack or a TV theme song, theme song, you know, something like that. I, I, the competition out there is really tough. It's really tough. It's like, it's like football players trying to make a team. You know, they they're really good. There's a lot of good players out there, but the, the competition is so tough. You know, to make the team. But I I my goal I I think so. What I really want to do is to get my instrumental songs used in a movie soundtrack, uh, background music. You know for a show or a TV show or a theme show, you know, that's, that's my goal. Yeah. I think you can do it with all the great songs you write. I mean, I, I don't think it's out of stretch. Have you ever thought about doing like a show like America's got talent? Um, not really. No, not that's never crossed my mind. No. Anyway. Um, it's like, I, I recently, you just last week, you played, um, my sports thing. Now, I can hear that on ESPN. Can you, can you hear that on ESPN? I sure can. Can you hear it on ESPN? I, can, I played it here a few times I on the Alan Upper Sports Show. Yeah, I hear it on ESPN. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, like background music, the shows, you know. And I, I have a lot of horror songs, real scary things that I think would be used in horror movies, you know, for sure. Um so that's why I'm trying to do this instrumental thing a lot too. But I, I, I use, I concentrate on my lyrical structure too. You know, I try to get that in as much as I can. But like I said, I think my main goal is to try to get these instrumental songs into a movie soundtrack. What we're going to do definitely our part to go ahead and keep making sure that people know about you and hearing all your great songs and great music. And I'm going to keep playing the sports theme. And definitely one big, huge supporter, you almost like the Beatles, is is Mary, your wife Mary. Talk about her, your wife Mary yeah. and her great support. Mary has always been there for me. She'll, she's like my soundboard. If I, if I, I'll come up on my acoustic guitar, she'll be up here, and I'll say, what do you think of this? And she'll give me her thoughts on it. So that's good. That's good. You know, she says, you know, she'll tell me to change something. She's like my soundboard a lot, you know. So she she gives me her input. She tells she's gonna tell it like it is. She'll critique and say she'll tell me if she likes it or if she doesn't, you know. Like in, in song titles or lyrics, she's, she'll tell. And Mary Mary's a, was a school teacher, so I go I listen to her a lot for the English type thing, you know, as far as lyrics go, and so. She'll correct me a lot, <laughs> but it's it's good to be, you know, corrected and critiqued by somebody. You know, I've got I've been critiqued. You got to take criticism some sometimes in life, you know, and that's a hard thing. That was a hard thing for me, but I learned I think over the years to get over that hump, you know, being critiqued and the criticism. Because I always used to say, well, what does this guy know about music? He's just giving me his opinion. But sometimes it's the opinion is good because it can make my song better, you know. But Miri is like Miri's my soundboard. That's what I'll call her, you know. So yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, I just wanted to, you know, 
she helps out in that way for me in my music. She, um, to me, she's a big supporter for me, you know. And also, she's a, I'm going to tell you right now, she's a fantastic cook. <laughs> we're, we're Italian, <laughs> and she knows how to cook Italian food like I've never tasted in my life. I'll go out to a restaurant, and we'll order Italian food, and I'll always say, your sauce is ten times better than that, <laughs> you know. Wow. <laughs> anyway, That's she's, awesome. she's, she's listening to me and she goes, you're talking about my sauce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the sauce. I'm just trying to be funny sometimes, you know. It's good to have a laugh, you know, have, be funny about things too, you know. Don't take life seriously. But anyway, she's 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 yelling in the background. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, she's been a big help to me, and um, I I appreciate anything she says. I take I take her, her criticism and critique seriously, you know. So I I just wanted to say that about my wife, my beautiful wife, as you call it, and she is. So, so I just wanted to put in a little word for her, you know. Not all about me sometimes, you know. Yeah, that's right. But that's awesome. And and you met her in Maine. So tell us a little bit about living in Maine. How do you like living in Maine? Um, Maine is it's a big state. It's vast. We've gone a lot of places up to Bar Harbor, Rangeley, uh, Rangeley, Moosehead Lake, and on vacations. I, I love it up here. I, I love the seashore. You know, the food's good. You know, lobster's good. And I um. I just think it's a it's a state where you can vacation a lot, you know. But in the winter, it's cold. <laughs> There's a lot of snow, you know. So it's got its good points and bad points. But in the summertime, it's a it's a real nice place. The beaches and you know vacation in different areas in the state. It's it's a very big state, and I I think I've seen more of Maine than I I I used to live in Massachusetts and. I've seen more of Maine than I ever have of Massachusetts, you know. So anyway, um, yeah, it's a nice state, and I I, I like living here. It's it, it called vacation land, so I you know I go along with that. But I I do like lobster. Everybody may have a Maine lobster, you know. Well, you ought to come up sometime and visit us, and we'll go out for a Maine lobster. <laughs> That's right. I got things on Maine lobster, and I got to try that sauce now that you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. Well, she'll she'll cook you a, a great Italian meal here at my at my house, yeah, our house, you know. So, it, yeah, wow. she she cooks great lasagna, eggplant, parmesan, you name it. She 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 uh, is a great cook, you know. That's uh, awesome. I she'll love probably Italian food. Probably get mad at me for. Yeah, you like Italian? I love it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead. Anyway. We're gonna talk about the Patriots. We're gonna talk about your love for the Patriots in just a moment. But I'm gonna go ahead and play yeah. yet again another Sam Scola song, "Go New England Patriots." I'm gonna play that "Go New England Patriots" right here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, written by none other than Sam Scola from Maine. I'm gonna play that song for you right now, and we're gonna talk about the love for the Patriots. Great. Go New England Patriots, the 
football season begins. Go New England Patriots. Patriots, what do you think they're gonna? How do you think they're gonna do in this season? Well, uh, I I think if Mac Jones can make a comeback with the new offensive coordinator Joe O'Brien, I think they're gonna be up there with the other teams, you know. But I still think Buffalo will be ahead of them, and maybe Miami too. So in, the, in their division, and the Jets, I I don't know. I I I I'm a big fan, but I right now I'm just I'm sort of picking them maybe the fourth. Behind the Jets, uh, tied with the Jets. I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I'm a big fan, and I, I feel like I want, I want them to make the playoffs. Last year they almost did. There was a game against the Raiders. I don't know if you remember that game against the Raiders where they threw it away at the end. Yes, I did. I don't know yep. If you remember that game. <laughs> <laughs> I can't forget that. It was a. Yeah, that was. I thought that game was won. If they had won that game, they might have made the playoffs. But I don't think they would have went too far. But anyway, I picked them probably for fourth place in their division. So yeah. I, I love the Patriots, and they they got a lot of new players coming in, and so I don't know they got I don't know maybe maybe with some luck, Mac Jones will make a comeback this year, and they got some good receivers. They got Juju Smith; he's pretty good. And I don't know. They got they got um some they got, they got um, Matthew Slater coming back. I thought he retired, but he's back. And I guess they got their deep. Their defense looks good. I think they got a good defense. It's just the offense is sort of like questionable. You know, what, what do you think of, about their chances? You know, I think they're actually going to do very good this year. I really like. I watched some of Mac Jones' press conference. He looks like he's relaxed and having fun. That's always a great sign leading into yeah. the season when someone's not too uptight and they're kind of letting things come as it goes. And they got Zeke. So I I expect them to do actually pretty good this year. Yeah. Maybe I, I went too far, you know, putting them down. But I just think they need to uh, – he's got to prove himself. He did have a great first season. And last year, I don't want to say – what happens? I think they had Matt Patricia running the offense. What did you think of Matt Patricia? He he he. Uh, I think he's a defensive coach. I don't even know if he's with the team anymore. He might be in the front office. I'm not sure. But they got Joe O'Brien, and I think he's he's going to be a big help to Mac Jones this year. So yeah, Matt Patricia, I thought was a good coach. I do think he was he was too conservative, and it showed that he didn't have any trust. And Mac Jones, that was very obvious. Right. The play calling did right. did 
they were not on the same page. And I, I don't think right. that's going to be an issue. I think Mac Jones is actually, I love what I'm seeing about him being relaxed. And also one thing right. that I got to mention, somebody here from Tampa Bay, Tom Brady is going to be honored for those who don't know in by the new angel Patriots, their first home opener. What do you think about Tom Brady being honored there? Oh, that's a great thing against the Eagles. I hope they win the game. The Eagles are good. And um, yeah, I, I think, People really respect Tom Brady. I wrote a song about him. <laughs> yeah, you did. That's right. Um, yeah. Too bad we couldn't have got to, we, you know, maybe talk to him someday. But yeah, maybe that's McCoy someday. Who knows? You know, that would be a great guest for you, wouldn't it? Get Tom on. Yeah, I, I think him going to that game. I think maybe that will inspire the Patriots. You know, just having him there. You know. I think that would yeah. be a great thing for the team having him there, you know, and, you know, maybe inspiring Mac Jones, you know. So. Yeah, don't 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 cut him out just too quick. I I think they're actually going to do pretty good. Everything that I've seen so far in training camp has been real positive. So, so I like the moves right. they've made. Mac Jones, I definitely think he's going to do better now that he has a new offensive coordinator. I think that's the biggest thing. If right. you're calling plays and you don't trust the guy that's running the play, it's never going to be, a, right. it's always going to be a recipe for disaster. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah they, I mean, they still got some vet, veterans. They got, they got some veterans coming back. Even Nick Fault, I heard is still with the team. He's been playing for a while. I think they have a new kicker in too though, but they got some good running backs with Stevenson and Harris and, Good tight end, Hunter Henry, you know. And they got a new draft pick, uh, cornerback, uh, Gonzalez, Christian Gonzalez. That's their first-round draft pick. So, I don't know, um, McCordy retired. But I I just think they their cornerback situation, I think, is going to be better this year, you know. Yeah. they they I like what I'm seeing. I'm going to keep an eye on them. And definitely, I, I know that they're going to do well. And. We're going to keep rooting for the Patriots, and I know you are too. So I'm glad that you joined us here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. And you got to tell all of the fans that are listening about your Sunday event, August 13th. August 13th, I have a, a song project called Sam Scola Song Collections, Volume 18. I put out collections every month with songs because I have all these songs I write and I want to get them out there. So Song Trader, my website, puts out once a month, I, I put out a song project through them, and it goes out to Spotify. It goes out to YouTube, Apple Music. It goes out to a few sites, um, but mostly on Spotify is where I get a lot of streams. I get a lot of followers on Spotify. But lately, I've been getting a lot on YouTube. I've been getting a lot of followers on YouTube, too. So those are my two main sites that it's going on, and it will be out August 13th. It's a Sunday, 18 new songs that I, I just put together for this project. There's instrumentals. There's, you know, I I put I put novelty on there. I put, like, rock songs. I put some instrumentals. I rotate them, but there's, like, 18 on this project. So it will be out August 13th, Sunday. So I'm hoping 
I can get some good streams on it, and, and people recognize me that way. They see me out there, you know. It's all about getting out there and promoting yourself. And you, you've done a great job for me on your show. You know, people know. A lot of people I talk, I tell, I talk today about, they said they were going to, you know, listen in tonight and hear this, so I hear me. And I, I felt honored being your guest tonight. I really did. And I feel like maybe with, you know, the help you've given me, it, it's been a big promotional thing for me, you know. So August 13th is the project's coming out. So I just wanted to plug that again for myself. No problem, and we appreciate you tremendously. You're very welcome, Sam Scola. And make sure you guys follow Sam Scola on Spotify and YouTube. Make sure you reach out to him at right. Sam Scola in Maine and support Sam, his streams, his beautiful wife, Mary. And definitely we're going to do our best to keep promoting him, play his theme song, and with your guys' support at the Alfred Sports Talk Show, we won't need ESPN as much. We're going to go ahead and just keep going as forward as fast as we can. And best wishes to Sam Scola and the New England Patriots. We appreciate you. And, in fact, I'm going to play a few more of his songs later today in this broadcast of Sam Scola. But definitely it's, it's so awesome to hear from Sam Scola, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend. is finally I got a chance to speak to him and have a conversation <laughs> right on the Allen Alpha Sports Talk show. <laughs> Appreciate you. It's been an honor. It, I, it's been an honor for me to be on your show and you know talking about my songwriting and my my love for the Patriots. So thanks a lot, Alan. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. We appreciate you too, Sam Scola. My place has been an honor having you too. You and Mary have a fantastic and beautiful weekend. You too. We appreciate Thank it. You. Thank oh, you. Oh, anytime. You're welcome. Take yep. care. Bye. Bye-bye now. Take care. Take care. Yes, that's the awesome Sam Scola. Make sure you guys support Sam Scola. We appreciate him having us, him joining us here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. And we have another great guest waiting for us. That was one fantastic guest. And we got another guest right online waiting right now. We'll bring him on. Somebody call my name. Hey, how you doing so far today, Nalu? All right. So that's the theme of Sam, huh? The famous Sam, that's right. The Sam's going to Sam. <laughs> yeah, you, you know? I, I mean, I remember the induction you did with, you know, with, you know, with with uh, Aaron, and he did that, and like, you know, that's, that's him, you know, because we share a commoners too, you know, we're both, well, I like to think, like think of myself as a musician, too, so, because I just play <laughs> keyboard, so, no, I do. Yeah, that's, that is the one and only Sam Scola, that's. Yeah, that's how the world is nowadays. You you speak electronically. That is the first time I've actually spoken to Sam Scola ever. Is that right? Yes, that is. Every time it's been electronic communication. You know that's how society is now, and and this you know it's just a get. It's just an honor to have him as a guest. It's the first time I actually spoke to him was today ever. Yeah. Yeah. So well. Say my best because you know I'm a musician too, and you know we're both we're both sports fans. Even though I'm a Yankee fan, he's a that fan. Uh, you know. <laughs> hey, what so about the Beatles? Really you're a musician. What about the Beatles? Do you have a love for the Beatles too? You know, I was more into Wings first before I got into the Beatles. Actually. Okay. I got so what, probably because you. 
Well, well, look, okay, I was born in 1970, and Wings became popular around 71 to 70, uh, 77 and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I think I got, you know, into, the, into, the, into Wings first and then the Beatles. I mean, I knew who they were, but I think I was more of a Wings fan first. Yeah, so you're you're about like me. The Beatles were kind of like before my time. I still was a. The Beatles were big in the seventies. That's when I was born. Was in the seventies. So, sixties. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I know the Beatles were huge though. They had a huge sure, following. Artist ever. Period. Yeah. So. But yeah, what music do you play? By the way, so you learn something new. Well, I play a bunch of everything. I got tons of songs of sheet music. I got everything from, you know, I, I got everything. I got New Wave. I got 80s stuff. I got stuff from the 60s. I got current stuff. Uh, even stuff I don't even like. <laughs> and you play guitar too? Keyboards. Okay, see, we get a band. We got the keyboard player, and now Sam Scola, he's a guitar player. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, left-handed, yeah. so, guitars, so guitar wouldn't really work for me anyway because uh, – we have a guitar player. Yeah, that is something that I didn't think about. Well, it's rare. It's rare. Wow. Both guitars are right-handed. So Prince, right-handed then? Yes. Well, that's, you learn something new every day. So, you know, Sam Scola thinks the Patriots, you know, I guess I convinced them that they're going to do all right. How do you think they'll do this year, the Patriots? I think they still got a ways to go. Now, I'm not overly concerned about last night's Jeff loss because it's preseason. I mean, the preseason has no bearing how the regular season is going to be. So, I'll excuse that, you know, last-minute meltdown. It's preseason. doesn't count in the standings. You can say all you want, but I'm not panicking at all. Yeah, you're right. It's just a preseason. You know, the it's better you game, get the no, out no, no. Exactly. I mean – and they were competitive against the Browns. They're still playing a very good team. Yes. But yeah, what and you... I don't, I don't, I don't expect Rodgers to play in the preseason at all. I really don't. That would not surprise me. I agree. I don't. I think he'll play maybe a quarter towards the end of preseason after a couple games. Uh, I, five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah, I think they'll give him some reps towards the end of preseason. That is. Maybe for a quarter. A full quarter? No. Not a full quarter. No. Uh-uh. You don't think a full quarter? No, 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 no. Yeah, you could you be right. He is a vet. The, you guys think that's the real stuff. Yeah, you're right. He is a vet, and he pretty much uh, – he doesn't need a whole lot of time to get ready, and no, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. So no, do you think no. the Jets are going to finish ahead of the Patriots? Well, I hate to tell you the same, but uh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or as I call call that team, them. So, yeah, the Jets are going to be ahead of the Patriots. Okay. You know, that's the thing. That's the thing about that division is that when the Patriots are playing good, it's not an, it's not an easy division to win. Mm -mm. But remember, you don't breathe anymore, so it comes a little bit more easier. Yeah, that's true. So, I yeah, was he, very happy, uh, you know, they, they finally got Kleck on the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was, you know, one of the 
Jets' greatest players. And that's when the Jets were actually a decent team. Most people forget that in the 80s, the Jets actually were decent, and for part of the 90s as well. So you can't really say the Jets have been, you know, horrible since they won the Super Bowl, because that is not true. You had no, Gatico, I agree you. had Gaskell, you had Richard Todd, you know. So to all you uh, Jets fans, oh, you haven't done anything since 1969. Not true. We haven't we have won a Super Bowl since then. But we have been in the playoffs, and we've been to the conference championships, well, only three times in that span. But we were a decent team throughout the 80s. In fact, at one time, we were better than the Giants. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's been some, well, some years that they've been horrible. good. That was a joke. What about Mark Sanchez? Do you think he gets the correct criticism as a Jet fan? He is well-deserved. He brought us to a champion. He brought us to the AFC Championship twice. So, yeah, let's give credit where credit is due. I thought maybe we were going to make it to the Super Bowl in 1998, but we lost, we lost our composure in the third quarter. He is noteworthy. Now, first of all, Hall of Famer, no. No, it's not getting carried away. But he will make the Hall of Fame. You think Mark Sanchez makes the Hall of Fame? Yes. Wow. That's a bold statement. I mean. Not first, not first solid, no. You know, it may take him like four or five years to get there or whatnot, but he will make it. Even with the you-know-what fumble? Hey, look, every good every quarterback makes mistakes. Bill Smith made a lot. <laughs> if they can let him in, they can let anybody in. I, I think that one's going to be close. I, I don't too. know. You know I mean, they can use the same, same thing, but you like Manning. Eli Manning's going mean, to make yeah. it. Yeah, he did win two Super Bowls, but he was also very inconsistent, you know, overall. Despite the fact that he did bring the the, the Giants, you know, the last the last two Super Bowls they won. But there's been a lot of talk about his overall record. I think Eli Manning gets it, though. I, I do. He has two rings, and he's the only guy who who beat Tom Brady twice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does make it. I checked the stats and I I think he makes it. You know, obviously not first ballot, but I do think he does find a way to make it. I think he's more of a Hall of Famer than Mark Sanchez. Well, well, that's that's what the committee decides on, of course. You know, I mean, the only reason I think they'll take, you know, the only reason they're going to take, you know, Eli first is it because he won the two Super Bowls. But had he not, that might have been a whole different story. And remember, they barely won that first one. You know, if it wasn't for that um, late heroic, uh, they would have lost the Patriots, and that would have been their undefeated season. Yeah, that was a big loss for Tom Brady. That would have had a perfect season. And I I think it's kind of unfair in a way to, yes, Tom Brady lost in the Super Bowl, but I think it's kind of unfair because he had a perfect season season up until that point and the season is much was much longer than than it is now then it is longer when the patriots went ahead and did their thing than it was when the dolphins did their thing yes so you mean you're referring to the 1972 season right correct okay okay yeah i was only a colleague so but i 
I had a feeling the Patriots were going to lose that game. I, I had that prediction right. I felt like the Patriots were going to lose the game, and they did. It was a really, really close game. But Eli Manning mm. played really well in that game, too. So you were one of the very few that thought that the Patriots were going to lose. I did. I did. Because I just – you know what it was? Right before the Super Bowl started, they interviewed yeah. Eli Manning right before – literally right before the game started. And I loved his confidence and his answer. And I knew right then and there the Giants had a really good shot to win. I mean, okay, Eli Manning, that. you know what? He, he just – he said, what do you think about you guys winning this game? And he confidently said, if we do our part, what we're supposed to do, we're going to win this game. He was very confident – not cocky. He was very confident and reassuring. Yes. And I even said, you know, that's what you want your scouting quarterback to say. And I knew he was going to do well. He played really well in that game. And it did not surprise me at all that that the Giants won that game. Well, I think maybe the Giants might have deflated the uh, Patriots ball towards the end anyway. So that might have been a problem. That might have been a factor right there. And, and the Giants had that defense, okay, too, not. remember. They had that yeah, defense. They, they had that yeah. defense. And you know what wins games is that defense. Right. And they were streaking at the right time. You know, they had they had Strahan on the team. Yes. So it didn't shock me. In fact, I, I believe I did pick the, the Giants to win the game. Well, keep in mind, that's before I knew it. That's the first thing I knew about any of you guys. So, uh, you know. But, yeah, what I'm picking this weekend, you're going to have a fantastic, sheet, a fantastic show and a great things coming on this weekend. So tell us, what do you got cooking this weekend? All right, we'll take care of the NFL preseason. Uh, I'll take your, I'll take selections for uh, next week. But remember, take only pick only one game of the schedule. We do this in the preseason because the stats don't count and the and the uh, standings don't count for anything. Just pick one game of the week that you, that you're gonna think is gonna be a winner. That's that's all I want. Uh, that's for the preseason. Uh, we'll take it. We'll continue on with Bruins uh, World Cup soccer. Can the U.S. Uh, survive the knockout round? They went, you know, very um, overrated in this competition. They only finished 1-1-1, one, one, and one, and I think the uh, opponents have gotten our number. I was worried about Portugal, and uh, and uh, Portugal uh, tied, to tie it, so I wasn't surprised by that result at all. I mean, this did not look like a very competent team, so we will discuss that. Baseball trades, of course, because Tuesday was the trade deadline. And what I like to call the fight that wasn't. I think you. I think you know what I mean by that, right? Yeah, I got a lot to talk about this. The fight that, that fight wasn't. that wasn't. Believe me, you got a lot to talk about you, that. I, I found a way. I found a way to get on the way. I went. I went into SportsSurge.com. They had the fight on. So after I was done with another program, I went into. Oh, I got the fight. Let's see what's happening here. And when I tuned in, Spence looked like he was like half dead. I mean, it was like a, was like a zombie. <laughs> I mean, Crawford is with the pants on. I don't even know how that lasted nine rounds. You should have called it earlier. Yeah, that was a pretty bad beat down. Uh, you're right about even that. If, even if the fight went all the way, there was no way that, that Spencer was going to win that fight. No way. Even if it did go the distance. Yeah, that, that fight was definitely a lot to unpack with that. I'm going to talk about that and break that down. And it's But, yeah, if you're going to be match. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot going on with that fight. But, yeah, I'm glad at least you watched it and you're going to talk about it, in fact, on your show, that you're going to have a fantastic show. Oh, I hope so. 
Oh, yeah, I know you're going to have to pay attention. I hope you tuned in because I know the last couple weeks I haven't been able to get there. Yeah, I apologize to you. Last Saturday, I totally forgot that was my fault. My daughter's sister basically had a birthday party, and and I had totally forgot. And by the time I got out of there, it was was already too late. It was 6.30, and I apologize. But I will be calling in. This this weekend, and I'll good. make sure that I, this no birthday parties, which is always kind of good but bad at the same time. You know, it was a lot of fun at that party, but I'm so sorry I missed Lou. Right. But make sure you guys don't miss Lou tomorrow between four and six. Ooh. That's tomorrow Saturday the, Eastern Standard Time number, Zone. Five. Remember the number five one two five four three four six six two. Don't forget we're also on YouTube. Uh, go on YouTube and put in the Enhanced Sports Show, and you'll see uh, the show up at as we go along, plus uh, shows over the past previous weeks. And as soon as I can figure out how to get, you know, the sound, you know, after the show, I'll find it. I hope I can. That's right. 512-543. You'll hear yourself during the live show, but you won't be able to hear it after the show. That's the problem. Yeah. So make sure you guys call but in. Hear, but I do hear every call that goes into the show. I do hear every call. Yeah, so it's going to be a great show. Even Four to six Eastern Standard Time Zone. The Enhanced Sports Show, that's with Lou. Make sure you guys call in, 512-543-4662. And that's 512-543-4662. I will make sure that I call in, too. I apologize to Lou for not making it last weekend and the weekend before. But definitely, I'm not striking out this weekend. Lou is the man, so make sure you guys support him. And I appreciate you tremendously, Lou. Give my best to Sam. You will do, definitely. I will do that. Yeah. And tell him that uh, tell him that the Jets are gonna do better than the Patriots too, in your opinion. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome, Lou. Anytime. Really appreciate you. You're the best. That's the man right there, folks. Lou. Appreciate you. Thanks, Alan. You're welcome. Have a great night. Yeah, that's the great Lou. Really appreciate Lou calling in. Make sure you guys call in for Lou, too, tomorrow, between 4 and 6 p.m., the Enhanced Sports Show. You can check it on YouTube, too, the Enhanced Sports Show. Always a great honor to have Lou on the show, as well as Sam Scola. We're having a fantastic show here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. And... I'm going to talk a little bit more about the NFL preseason moves, some amazing NXFL news, and I'm going to talk all about boxing for the rest, pretty much for the rest of the show after those topics, because there is a lot to unpack about that Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford fight. I'm going to talk about that, give you my thoughts on what the analysis is of the fight, what should happen afterwards, and much, much more. I'll also share you my thoughts on our former guest, Sinisa Subatastrata. She also fought not on Saturday night. She fought on Friday night during our show. I'll give you my thoughts on that. And tomorrow, there's a fight with Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul. I will give you my prediction on that fight. But I'm going to go ahead and give you some NFL moves that happen. And one person that we did... Take some pictures of and spotlight. I ran into 
this NFL player at the Daytona 500 early this year came through and walked through the red carpet. That is none other than Alvin Kamara. Unfortunately, the law came down, and Roger Goodell is going to unfortunately suspend Alvin Kamara for three games. So our best wishes go out to the running back for the Saints, Alvin Kamara, and hope he comes back, comes back strong and does his thing. Other amazing news that has happened in the XFL, a lot has happened there. And I'm going to get into that in just a moment. We're going to play another great Sam Solo song, and that's his his sports theme song, the one that he wants to make onto a show like ESPN. But we're going to do even better. We're going to play it right now on the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. Take a little break. I'll talk about the XFL, some great news there, and then I'll get right into the boxing for you guys. We're going to have a great time. On the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, we're going to take a little sports theme break by none other than our great guest early at the show, Sam Scola. Here's sports theme by Sam Scola from Maine. Appreciate Sam Scola and Mary from Maine. You got a chance to hear from her earlier this show. Got a chance to hear from the man, the myth, the legend, Sam Scola. Tremendously appreciate him and Mary on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk show. Some amazing news has happened in the XFL. First and foremost, want to announce that 
Savion Patton, the def- defensive line for the Orlando Guardians, officially has signed a contract with the Atlanta Falcons. So big props to Savion Patton. I posted us up on the internet. Savion Patton, who I've interviewed a few times throughout the season, he responded. Great guy, nothing but success, and wish and best wishes to Savion Patton. Congratulations from the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show for signing an NFL contract from the XFL defensive line. Savion Patton, way to go. You know, it's always amazing when you see somebody work real hard, come from a league from the XFL, do their thing, and, you know, blessings keep coming in. Now they're on to the Atlanta Falcons. You know, wish them nothing but the best. And for those who don't know, you know, he got called up before to training camp. Very similar situation. They had too many spots. The spot was filled, and he didn't make it. They let him go. But he played for the XFL. He came right back for a different team. I believe it was the Colts. And now he's with the Atlanta Falcons. So that's props. Don't give up. Your blessing may be right there. Don't let a setback stop you from your breakthrough. Another great thing that has happened in the XFL is I got a chance to interview Coach Terrell Buckley this week. Got a chance to speak to him on Thursday, catch up with what's going on. They had 1,400 players that came through throughout the – this is from the draft. This is from the HBCU, the showcases, the combine, 1,400 players in total. He told me at least 20% of the players are going to be taken from the XFL. So, guys, that's a great opportunity for you. 20% or more. I mean, when I used to try out for baseball, there might be – Two or three, four hundred guys show up and they might take one person, maybe one or two. It was, you know, your odds were very, very minuscule. But 1,400 players, 20 plus percent being taken at least, making it to the 90 man roster. And then, of course, from there, you know, some guys going to get cut. Even if you make it to that point, you just got to keep pressing forward and you have a great shot of making a roster. So props to the XFL, but the great news also to happen is that they did say, unlike the first season, they're going to have like mini camps, you know, quote unquote training camp. And these camps will be from what I understand open to at least people who have a vested interest, such as the media, myself, we'll get an opportunity to maybe get a chance to see some of the players and the teams during these little mini camps in I'm hoping that it's not all the way in Texas and all it's in Texas where their their hub was. It sounds like they're going to make it accessible where it might be right here in Orlando where they're playing at. So with an invite or invitation to go and we can go ahead and watch it, there is going to be a great, great opportunity for us here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show to bring you some more insight during the mini camps before the season starts. So, they told me a lot more details than that is to come. And I don't believe it would be open to public is what they said, but more details are going to come with that. I'll keep you guys posted, but that's awesome that you're getting a chance to see some mini camps on, you know, quote, unquote training camp. I'll be report that before the season starts. And that was something that wasn't available 
last season. So things are changing. So that's a great thing. The only opinion I wanted to give about the XFL is I heard, I read a report. This is about a couple of weeks ago that the XFL is thinking about expanding. I would just give my little you know opinion here that I would hold off on expanding just yet. What Jerry Cardinal said is that the XFL is not going to be profitable to 2025. I would wait till those things, the, the league is profitable first before. That would just be my advice. Wait till you're profitable. You're making a profit before you expand. Starting a league is a long-term journey. It's I know as an entrepreneur and a business, you want to kind of keep spinning real fast. Sometimes to, to pace yourself is better. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I would hold off on expanding that means more expenses, more hires, more people, more liability as far as you know your expenses and things of that nature. I'd wait till it, the league is profitable first. So that's just my opinion. I know that that was one of the talks that happened that I didn't get a chance to speak about about a week or so ago, but I just wanted to put that out there. So that concludes the football. Now we are going to talk about Errol Spence Jr., the mega fight versus Terrence Crawford. The moment is finally here. This segment I needed to give some extra time for and kind of break this thing down for you. Let me just start by saying this. Whether you're a Terrence Crawford fan or you're an Errol Spence Jr. fan, What I'm about to say is real talk. It is nothing personal. I never take low shots, diss people, try to be a hater. This is just real talk, letting you know my opinion and not just anybody's opinion. I've interviewed Bud. I've interviewed, um, I actually didn't have a full interview with Bud Crawford, but I did do a press conference and asked him a question. I've interviewed Sean Porter, you know, went ahead and so I could speak on this a lot more. And I will tell you this much from the very top. Just like I said, I also interviewed Bob Arum. I said it for months. Well, actually, since the since the sh- the fight was announced, I've been telling you right here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk show that Terrence Bud Crawford was going to win the fight. I said it even last Friday that Terrence Bud Crawford was going to fight. It was no doubt in my mind that Terrence Bud Crawford was the more skilled boxer. He was the better boxer. He was going to win the fight. I felt as if the fight, what I predicted was going to go 12 rounds. Bud was going to win probably about seven of them, maybe eight. But Errol Spence was going to have some moments in the fight. If there was going to be a knockdown, just like I predicted, there was probably going to be a knockdown. Terrence Crawford was going to be the one who knocked Errol Spence down. I felt like it was going to be around the 10th round. So my prediction was very, very accurate, except I did not think it was going to be a one-sided abomination. And that's what it was. It was a one-sided beatdown. And again, this is not dissing. This is not, this is giving you real talk as to what I saw. I saw a one-sided competition 
where the man was spectacular. Terrence Bud Crawford, last Saturday, had the best performance, boxing performance, that I can remember seeing. I still have been thinking about this for since that fight. I don't think I've seen a boxing performance tackler in this. When I say that spectacular, you're talking about high stakes. Two of the elite fighters both have great resumes. In fact, I would even say that Errol Spence Jr., in my opinion, in the welterweight division, had a, had a little bit better resume than Terrence Crawford. I know some people might disagree with me, but I felt as if Errol had the better resume. I always picked Terrence to win this fight, and I got a spot on, but I felt as far as the welterweight division, Errol had a better resume because he beat Ugas, he beat Danny Garcia, he beat Sean Porter, he beat Kel Brook. Those are four very, very good fighters. Yes, Crawford beat Kel Brook, and he wiped away Sean Porter, but that's only two. He didn't fight Danny Garcia, and he didn't fight Ugas, who was a tall, very good boxer. So, Terrence Crawford did his thing. Let me first give you Terrence Bud Crawford a round of applause for that sensational performance. Now, I'm going to break down some of the things that I've noticed during this fight, okay? First thing first, when it came to Errol Spence Jr., before the fight started, Jim Gray went in his locker room and interviewed him. And forgive me if I am wrong. I will apologize if I'm wrong. But this is an observation I made. And this observation I made and quite a few other people have made, just mind you saying that, but I noticed this before I heard anybody else's opinion. Just based on what I saw, it looked to me, and again, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it looked very clear and obvious to me that Errol Spence Jr. looked like he was smoking weed. He looked like he was high. I kid you not. The man looked like he was high. When I say high, his eyes look glassy. He was very, very laid back, too still, like he was, you know, he was smoking weed. I mean, I'm not judging, but I'm just, I'm just telling you what I observed. And again, I've watched a lot of Errol Spence's fights. I've seen all access one and two. When you see somebody as much as I have, a person like me who's a very good judge of character, I've been a top performing salesperson for many, many years. I meet people all the time. These are things that I could pick up on people quickly. He looked high, Errol Spence Jr. And let me just say that if he was his cousin or one of his boys said, hey, man, hey, man, just take a hit of this. Instead of that single jab, you're going to throw like three or four jabs in a row and knock him out. If I'm right, Errol needs to get away from those people who are just negative distractions. Don't let some bum dude who's not going nowhere determine or influence you into doing something you're not. And what also went to that was it looked like Errol Spence Jr. was sipping on some Mike Tyson 2.0. If you don't know what Mike Tyson 2.0 is, go ahead and check into it. Okay? That's first and foremost. Second thing is, 
Errol didn't even really warm up before the fight. He really didn't. And then when he got to the, the ring, first of all, that was fantastic that Eminem did his thing. When the fight was about to start, what I have noticed was that now when he was in the ring, Errol Spence, he looked like he was, you know, high, still high. But now when the fight was about to start after Eminem did his thing and walked Bud in and Bud had the net, it looked like right before the bell was going to start, it looked like now he went from being high to a guy that was really, really nervous and he was overwhelmed. He was like, oh, snap. The guy got Eminem in a fish fishnet. He just looked overwhelmed, nervous, overwhelmed, and high. Like, why did I smoke that weed before this fight? Now I got to fight this guy? And he walking in with Eminem? And he got a fishnet? He looked like all distraught. My man did not look cool, calm, and collective like, and like nobody's business. And I've watched a lot of Errol Spence fights. I've watched a lot. Okay, this is just, again, what I observed. When the fight started, the fight went pretty much as I predicted, you know, kind of feel out round. Errol Spence, I would say, was the more busier fighter in the first round. And I would have given the first round to Errol. Okay, second round. I felt Errol was just being way too aggressive. He just went from zero to 100 you know, no pun included and, you know, intended because, you know, he's had his challenges with the driving that's he being Errol, but he went from zero to a hundred in the second round. I know what this, their game plan was, but I'll get to that in a moment. Errol was being way too overaggressive, too fast. He was overreaching, lunging over to get his punches to, to connect with Terrence. It was so obvious that he was being overaggressive. And I even said, I kid you not, I said watching this fight that Arrow Man, if you keep doing that, you're going to get clipped with a counter. Stop overreaching and being overly aggressive. It's too early in the fight. And guess what happened? He did it about three times, and then around the fourth time, Terrence timed it just right, hit him with a straight hard jab, and put him right down. When he put him down, I tell you not, he threw up his equilibrium, but more than that, you could just tell at that moment, right when the fight started, that Errol just lost his composure, so to speak. He was trying to keep it cool, but he just, it took the fight out of him. Everything that led up to the fight, the Eminem and the introduction, and then the knockdown. I could tell that, let me just say it right here. Errol Spence's corner did a lousy job preparing Errol for this fight. And again, that's saying a big statement. That's James and them for this fight. Reason why I say that is because Errol was not really prepared for this fight. Yes, he got down to the weight and everything. He worked out real hard, but he didn't have any, any new tools to fight against Terrence. I think they grossly underestimated Terrence Bud Crawford so much so that you kept saying about how he's a great fighter and everything, but Errol just really thought, or his team just thought he was just going to just pressure him, knock him down, throw that jab and hit him with the body shot. And that was going to be the end of it. No, I could have told you that 
Terrence got a lot of tools in his in his back pocket. He didn't even switch stances. They were they didn't have a plan B, C, D, nothing. They, and I could even tell what their game plan was. Their game plan was to, since Bud traditionally is a slow starter, was for Errol to be, I would say, overly aggressive and really get those four rounds in underneath in Errol's back pocket. And then just go from there, just walk him down. They didn't really have any strategy. They had nothing. To me, the fight was pretty much half done when he got knocked down the first time. Okay. Fight continues. Terrence is just dominating. It's just that jab was just devastating. He was just countering him well. Errol was not doing any head movement. His defense, to me, was the worst that I've ever seen him. He didn't... He, you know, he left himself open. He was overreaching, and he was just getting clipped, clipped, and clipped some more with some counters. And Terrence, seeing what he was doing was working, you know, go ahead and fighting lefty. He didn't even have the need to switch to a to his orthodox. He he didn't he didn't need to, and that was a great game plan. And he just did his thing. In the seventh round, Terrence just just went to town on him. I believe in the eighth round, Terrence had some mercy on Errol and kind of eased up on him because he could have got him out of there, I think, in the eighth round. But Terrence was still real patient, still, I would say, being merciful to Errol. And then the ninth round, it was stopped. And Harvey Dock did an outstanding job, outstanding job. He called the fight at the right time from a referee standpoint. It was not a premature stoppage. It was not a stoppage that was too early. It was not a stoppage that was too late. I felt it was, had Harvey not, not, not stopped this fight, Errol was going to go down probably at least, at least three or four more times in that fight. He was going to get knocked down in that ninth one more time. And I feel as if Terrence would have knocked him down again in the ninth round. And then in those championship rounds, 10, 11, and 12, he'd have got him down one, at least one time per round. He was going to knock him down a total, I think, seven or eight times this fight had the fight continued. It was just getting bad to worse for Errol. Poor game plan, just a bad night at the office. I was really surprised. The things that surprised me was how Errol, as I mentioned earlier, he looked like he was high. Again, if I'm wrong, I apologize. He didn't warm up coming into the ring. He looked like he was overwhelmed by the moment when he was in the ring. They didn't have a fallback plan. They didn't have an A, B, C, D. Like, at least have some wrinkles. They grossly underestimated Terrence's skill. And I really think he just thought he was just going to bully him. He's a bigger, stronger guy. He's going to just walk him down. If you watch the Abanesian fight, you could see right there that pressure was not going to work. It was not going to work against a guy as skilled as Terrence Bud Crawford. I, I just, it's amazing to me in a fight of this high stakes, how you could just miss so glaringly the obvious. Yes, it's Abernesian, it's not you, but that style didn't work well against Terrence. You might be a little taller, you might be a little stronger, but the technique didn't work. So you should have at least, hey, if this is not working, we're going to do this, this, and this. And it actually may have been somewhat good. I wouldn't say it would have 
been a slam dunk and worked, but at least you would have shown something different to Terrence because nothing you showed him, he didn't expect. And I knew in all access one, I said it last week that that's a red flag that Errol said, I don't know what Terrence is going to do, which means that you were not really prepared. That's what it means. So having said that, I just feel as if it was just a straight up beatdown, And it was the best boxing performance I can remember seeing in high stakes, the competition he was facing. It was just phenomenal. And I will just say my analysis on what happens next. There's been, I've watched and listened to now what other people have said. And my opinion is, I'll give you that in a moment. But the question is, should Spence retire or activate a rematch? That's the biggest question that people have. Okay. I would say, and even Stephen A. Smith said he should retire. And there was been some other people said it too, prominent people. I don't know if I would go that far and say he needs to retire. And the reason why I say that is because I'm a guy who's been very successful and I've retired from being a number one top performer. And I wouldn't want somebody telling me this is what I should do is retire. That was my decision. I think it should be the same for Errol. But I do think he needs to repivot and kind of the rubber's hitting the road, make a little change in direction. First thing Errol Spence needs to do before he thinks about getting into the ring again or retiring is to go to your doctor and physician and get an honest assessment. Okay? Get an honest assessment. Doc, I just had this fight with Terrence. Please evaluate me. Check me out. Because it looked like he was concussed on his feet. Check me out. Am I okay to fight? Maybe not Terrence, but anybody else going forward, would it hurt my long-term health based on where I'm at right now? And see what the doctor says. That's a tough question. Here's where the rubber is meeting the road. And Errol Spence, before he sees the doctor, needs to drink some humble juice and have a humble pie. He needs to have humble pie and have humble juice right next to him because what I think Errol's biggest problem is his head is too big. His ego and pride is, is too, it's too big that he's not letting anything get there. See what the doctor says. If the doctor says, yeah, Errol, you should be good. You know, you're, you're young, you know, yeah, you got beat up, you know, like in this fight and you've had this rough accident, but if you do want to fight someone, your long-term health will be all right. That's, that would be great news. Because if he tells you that, your long-term health will be good if you continue to fight maybe three more fights, three to five, then that's great news. Because the next thing you should do is just do what Bob Aaron told you before this fight a few years ago. Bob Aaron told you to stay away from Terrence. Well, it's too late for that. But it's not too late. Do not activate a rematch. It's not. It's... Your skill set, Errol Spence's skill set, is so far behind in Terrence, it doesn't warrant a rematch. I'll give an analogy. This is like math. Errol Spence Jr. in this fight was failing algebra. And then you have algebra, calculus one, two, three. 
You know how I knew I wasn't going to be an electrical engineer? I couldn't get past Calculus 3. Errol Spence is failing algebra, and Terrence Bud Crawford is acing Calculus 3. In three to six months, he wanted a rematch in December. Let's say it, it happens in December. Let's say it happens in March. Let's say it happens in the next three to six months. You're not going to increase your skill enough. You're too far apart. If Tiger Woods, I'll give you another analogy. If Tiger Woods beats me by 13 strokes today or you know tomorrow in golf, I'm not going to rematch him in six months, three or six months, and then I'm going to beat him. All I can hope is that I don't lose by double-digit strokes or improve. I'm definitely not going to flip that around and now beat him. It's just you. I mean, it's just not going to happen. You know, the skill set is too far apart. It's just too far apart. The skills that Terrence Bud Crawford has, you're not going to pick those up in three to six months. This guy's been doing it for years. Too far apart. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? A rematch is just, I have it where a rematch would just be A, B, or C that's going to happen. A, it's going to be another embarrassing, demolishing, demolition type loss. That's A. One scenario. B, it's going to be Bush League. B for Bush League, meaning I sense that it's going to be like Terrence Bud Crawford is going to be beating down on Errol. Errol's going to know he's not going to win, and he's going to do the B, the Bush League move. He's going to do something purposely to disqualify himself and then use that as an excuse as to why he didn't win the rematch. But reality is we all know you didn't win the first match, and you wasn't going to win the second match because you're just not as good as Terrence Bud Crawford. That's the other beat, the other scenario. And I'm calling it now on August 4th on the Allen Alpha Sports Talk show. Or C, what's going to happen is if they do a rematch, I feel as if Errol's just going to do a laydown. He's just going to basically, you know, dive, take a dive in a fight and then basically take his money and run. So what I propose is do, don't do A, get another beat down. Don't do B, do a Bush League move and get disqualified to ruin your reputation. Definitely don't do C because that will ruin your reputation forever. You'll lose all respect and probably won't even make what's due coming to you, which is potentially the Hall of Fame down the road. Do D, none of the above. Go to the 154, which it says that you're already there in your mindset because you said this the last fight at 147. So you got the right train of thought. Go to 154. It'll be easier for you to make weight. Even Crawford said it was, it was getting hard for him at 147. And I get it. You know, you're getting older. It's hard to maintain 147. I mean, it is what it is. Go to 154. It's easier for you to make weight. And do not invoke a rematch. Just don't fight Terrence Crawford. You're not going to win anyway, okay? You don't have to prove to yourself that you're a warrior to the fans. You have to prove to yourself, can I get some more fights in before my career is done? And at least if I'm going to get some fights in, how do I work smarter, not harder? That's what you need to be thinking about because you've got things that have happened in the past, accidents, a couple accidents. This, this is bad, you know, beat down as you want to call it. If this was Boxer A, not even named Errol Spence, just Boxer A, 
and boxer B and I watch this fight and you told me to evaluate it, I would say they're not on the same level. There's no reason for you guys to fight again in six months. It doesn't warrant a rematch. There's been closer fights that I've watched over even over the last year that there was no rematch. And I felt as if you could have made an argument. There is no argument here. I know that it's in the contract, but you, it only activates if you enforce it. And I say, don't enforce it. Repivot. Go to 154, and who should you fight next? Talking about Errol Spence. The fight that you should take next, who I feel is if you have a 60% chance, I say right now, to beat Terrence Bud Crawford, if there was a rematch, the end of this year, beginning of next year, I give Errol Spence Jr. a 3% chance of beating Terrence Bud Crawford in a rematch. 3%. And I only give him 3% because he's got a punch's chance. It's boxing. He can clap him with something and anything can happen. I give a 3% chance. Now, if you go to 154, though, I feel as if you fight, you need, again, get your humble pie, get your humble drink, go ahead and, and ask, get your people, or you do it yourself, to call Keith Thurman. Call Keith Thurman and fight him at 154. That is a very good fight for you. Fans will be interested in it. And it will be something that will, I feel, sell pretty good. You know, give Keith Thurman a chance. Because I feel if you fight Keith Thurman, I'm going to give Errol Spence now not a 3% chance to beat Keith Thurman. I'm going to give you a 60% chance. If Keith Thurman, which doesn't accept, which I doubt it. I think he will. He said he he will do the exhibition 154 against Caressa Shields. I don't see why he doesn't fight you at 154 for a real fight. But let's say it doesn't work out with Keith Thurman for whatever reason. Go ahead and give Boots a call. Give Ennis, you know, Boots a call and fight him at 154. Because again, if you fight Ennis, I still would give you a 60% chance to beat Ennis or Keith. If you fight Tim Zhu, believe it or not, I believe the chances of winning go down to 50% because Tim Zhu is actually a pressure fighter and he does have a very good punch. He's not the same as Keith or Ennis where he's just going to keep on pressing you. And since the defense did show that it was lacking pretty bad in his fight, I could see Tim Zhu catching you with a couple. So I give 50% chance of, if you beat, if you fight Tim Zhu, 60% if you fight Keith, 60% if you fight Boots. Those are the three guys you should be calling next at 154. Now, what should, and now the question is, is Crawford truly the number one pound for pound king? Absolutely. Absolutely. That was an annihilation with the biggest, highest stakes. The competition was right there. This was a mega fight that in boxing we don't get to see very often at all because usually the loser doesn't – someone doesn't want to lose their perfect record. They don't want people to throw out retirement. It's a big crash if you, if you take the gamble to fight a highly competitive guy and you don't win. Crawford, after watching the, the Nawe and Ikre fight that I watched against Fulton, which was a very, very nice performance – NLK is two, 
I got that right. But Bud Crawford is clearly the number one boxer in the world. Bud Crawford, if he fights Canelo, he beats him, which I know he said he has no interest fighting him. What Crawford wants to do is fight Charlo. He wants to fight Charlo next. And now he'll be indisputed. But the, the kicker to that is Charlo's going to lose his belt when he fights Canelo in September. So Tim Zhu now becomes important. I would say Crawford should basically do the same game plan that he did against, you know, in the welterweight division where he got the one belt and got some leverage and then he was able to go ahead and become undisputed. He's going to have to go ahead and probably go through Tim Zhu and fight Tim Zhu for that WBO fight at 154. After he wins that, then I feel with the leverage of having the belt will entice, will entice Charlotte to fight him. Because I feel right now Charlotte's scared. I feel as if right now it's very obvious Charlotte saw what Terrence Brett Crawford did to his boy and he don't want no part of Terrence Crawford. So he's going to make excuses He's going to say this and that, but I saw the boy, the boy was shook up. He did not think Terrence was going to dominate his boy the way he did. They, they stable mates. They pretty much James teaching him the same stuff, the pressure, good punching. I see Terrence Bud Crawford beating Charlo Crawford. I mean, Charlo Canelo, Tim zoo boots, Keith Thurman. Anybody in the 147 or 154 weight class, Terrence Bud Crawford is going to run rings about them. He is just sensational, best pound-for-pound fighter, just amazing. And props to Terrence Crawford because he got his fight, he got his uh, parade tomorrow in Nebraska, well-deserved. So congratulations on that parade in Nebraska. I'm glad they're doing that for Terrence Bud Crawford, too. So, yeah, Terrence should fight Tim Zhu or Charlo. If he can get Charlo next after Canelo, that's great. I don't think it's going to go that easy because I think Charlo's shook up. So, Tim Zhu would be who Crawford probably should look at next. Because I think, well, he already said that he has no interest in fighting really Boots. And I think Boots is easy work for him anyway. So, phenomenal fight. And I'm going to go ahead and share my thoughts on our former guest, Sinisa Superbad Estrada, who fought last Friday. I will just say, as much as I love Superbad, as much as I love Sinisa Estrada, I had Sinisa Estrada, in all seriousness and all honesty, not hating, I had her losing that last fight. I felt as if the she fought a she did it, you know, the best she could, but I felt as if the range was being held by her, her opponent. And it, it just seemed like I knew Sinise was going to have a tough fight because of the length. The girl was very, very good. And I just feel as if Sinisa did the best she could, but Yudika just was better. She was just better. And I'm glad she still got the win. It was one of those things that if you're the champion, you really got to make it overwhelming because if you go to the scorecard, it's a close fight and the other person has belts, it's less likely you're going to win. And that's what happened. I did not agree with the scores. I thought Yudika controlled the fight and she won. She 
did the distance. The feedback I would give is Sinisa really needs to keep those hands up. Don't just step back. You know, don't just do like what Jared Aronson was doing, but just stepping back. Keep your hands up and step back because you're still in range and she still was able to hit you at the end of her swing. And also the only thing I would just say is stop switching up so much, you know, because in between switching, you were getting hit and that could cause you to get knocked out because you're switching, you're moving feet, you're not on balance, and then boom, somebody hit you. But, you know, she didn't lose. She, she still holds on to her belt. I'm glad she did. But I, you know, I'm glad for her that she didn't lose her belts, you know, but I do feel as if Yudika did win that fight. That was just my honest assessment. But we will see. I will let you know on the next fight. Hopefully, this is a learning experience for Sinisa. I hope this is a learning experience for Sinisa that she turns it around and she wins her next fight. Because usually when there's a close fight that you don't win, unfortunately, the next fight is not as... You kind of like get one freebie and then the next one is, okay, that freebie is over with. Now I'm taking everything. Usually that happens in boxing. Usually you get a close one where you shouldn't have won. Then the next one, usually you, you don't win at all, convincingly. So for her sake, I hope that doesn't happen. And then we got <laughs> a year that we've have had such phenomenal boxing matches. I'm talking about as a boxing fan, you have to be very happy because usually these top tier fights typically don't happen in boxing, but it's happened this year. We have Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul coming up tomorrow. And I got Jake Paul winning his fight. I just feel as if Nate Diaz doesn't have the boxing experience. Jake Paul is now going on to his eighth fight. He trains down in Miami. He's got good trainers. He knows how to throw a punch. He knows how to block. You know, he's picked up enough skill right now where I feel as if Nate is not going to just be able to walk in there and beat him. I got Jake Paul winning. I really do. I, I don't see Nate Diaz making it to as far as where Arrow got to the ninth round. I feel as if I know it's an exhibition, but I, I just feel as if Nate Diaz is going to get put down probably a couple times. Jake Paul wins. You got two guys who know how to promote fight. Jake Paul, Nate Diaz. This is just uh, for fun and entertainment. I would look at it. I wouldn't take it so seriously if you're a boxing fan because Nate Diaz just doesn't have the boxing skills. It's different between MMA and boxing. They're two different things. But props to the boxing world. They're, they're making strides. They're getting back up there. I will say this much. Boxing needs to continue this trend and keep making great fights and keep moving up, even if there is a risk of losing. And let me tell you why. When I called a couple of establishments that typically show mega fights or big boxing events, they usually have it there for people who pay an interest fee and for you to watch the fight. This is not illegally. You pay an interest fee. You get to go ahead and eat it. You know, wings and, you know, I won't say the names of the places, but you get a chance to eat at the establishment and you pay an interest fee and they pay for the fight. 
when this mega fight with Crawford and Terrence, with uh, Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr., I called about three plays that typically do show the boxing event, and none of the three were showing it at all, which was a shock to me, being how big the fight was going to be. And what they were showing was the MMA pay-per-view fights. They weren't showing the boxing fights. I'll repeat that. They were showing the MMA fights. All three of them said the same thing. Tonight, we're showing the MMA fights. So boxing needs to go ahead and keep pushing forward so you can get some of those fans back and get some of those spots showing their fights again, not carrying it all over to MMA. So just some food for thought for boxing. But I'm going to keep giving you guys up to date on boxing and let you know the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Again, I asked Bob Arum his thoughts and whether <laughs> Terrence, what do you think about Terrence? And he said he was the best welterweight. He said he said he's the best welterweight. And at the end of the day, he said that he should stay away from him. He said that Errol should stay away from Terrence. And Bob Arum did his thing and you know, I give Spence credit for at least taking a fight. But, uh, you know, I will keep you up to date on boxing and also all the news and sports. We're going to keep plugging away here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. We really appreciate you guys. Definitely wanted to thank Sam Scola again for being our special guest. All the way from Maine. Want to thank Sam Scola. Want to thank also, our great caller, Lou, really appreciate Sam Scola, Mary, Lou, guys are fantastic. Appreciate all you fans listening to the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. If you haven't done so already, please just type in Allen Alfred, A-L-A-N-A-L-F-O-R-D, right there in YouTube. Kindly please hit the subscribe button. Type in Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show at Facebook, follow us there. And... Check out our fantastic sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Please feel free to pick up a four-pack at flbbqsauce.com. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. A wonderful sponsor, Chef G's. Really appreciate him tremendously. In fact, we're going to play that song again. Sam Scola's Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song by Sam Scola, our guest earlier today, right from Maine, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Comes in for the variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, a natural flavor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. A classic taste for chicken steak tips. A hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce 
serve on fish and vegetables, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Make sure you get that four-pack at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. Once again, I want to thank all of your supporters, your fans of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I want to thank our wonderful and fantastic guests, Sam Scola and Lou, for calling us tonight. Really thank you guys. I appreciate all of you. Save our phone number for the next, next Friday. 516-418-5572, 516-418-5572. Really appreciate all of you guys. We're going to end the show with another great Sam Sola song. Sam Scola is going to close the show out with another great song. Thank you again for listening to the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. We'll be back next Friday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. In the meantime, we're going to close the show with Sam Scola. Thank you, Sam Scola. Thank you, Mary from Maine. You guys are awesome. Appreciate all of you guys. Be blessed. Be well. Take care of yourself. Have a fantastic weekend. just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.